we can use work as a place of refuge to say, well, at least I don't have to get to know people here. I'll just do my job. And yet I think that that's what's causing companies to suffer just like our society is suffering. Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. Today we have a fun little out-of-the-box experience for our Tractionville listeners. We have my friend, the founder and creative chief officer of Real Experience, Brian Cooley. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me, Chris and Benj. I appreciate it so much. So I'll, I'll set you up here. Real Experiences is spelled R-E-E-L, and that comes That's from great. your love of movies. Tell us why you love movies and how that plays into what you get to do. Yeah, so um, I guess my story starts with film school, um, and I went to NYU Film School. Then I, uh, uh, When I finished, I worked at Turner Broadcasting for about 12 years, and then, I, <laughs> then somebody asked me that, awful question which is if you won the lottery what would you do and i said well i do a theater company and of course the next question was well why aren't you doing that and so eventually i just quit and started a theater company and uh we were doing all new work um which is kind of a kiss of death in the theater world but for me i just loved working in story and working with scripts and working with writers and eventually we stopped producing and just started commissioning writers and how this is kind of relevant is we started working with playwrights and then screenwriters and and we would try to figure out you know what is their voice or what is their story how how can we get them to write the script that only they could write and we found that the things that moved them that kind of told us who they were and told us about their voice was their favorite movies and so we started mining their favorite movies as a means of getting to know uh, their voice and who they are and all that kind of stuff and brainstorming. So I tried some of the methods we were doing with writers on uh, just everyday people, and it started just to blow up. People were changing their lives based on the insights they were finding in their, their favorite movies. And and then we just found a sweet spot. Uh, one of my friends uh, brought his Chick-fil-A team, uh, Chick-fil-A corporate team, and um, we found a really sweet spot in the corporate world where we're able to really develop teams, develop people. Um, we use movies as a means of doing that and as a means of, you know, helping people kind of go deep fast and uh, creating collaboration and uh, getting to that ultimate productivity everybody's looking for. So All right. So that's I, a long version. <laughs> I've been on the other side of that. I've, I would say I'm one of those people that felt like my life changed going through your experience, which is a, a big statement. I'm not, you know, people go wow, to team building yeah. and say, you know, that was fun. That was entertaining. It was good. I, I've never been to another corporate, you know, team building thing where I was like, that changed my life. It changed the way I think it changed the way I interact with my wife, all that. So if for somebody that's listening and at this point, they probably have no idea what we're talking about, right? Could you yeah, take us yeah. inside um, maybe it's the, the exercise I got to go through and maybe it's a different one, but what that actually looks like and how you pull a person's story out of looking through the lens of these other movies. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's the thing that people struggle with the most. Like, what are y'all doing exactly? Like, how does it work? And 
And um, uh, it all starts with people choosing their top ten movies. So we have a web application where people can go in, discover what are the movies that are their favorite movies, and then narrow that down to ten. Although there are those people who have a hard time coming up with ten, which is just weird people. I don't know what's wrong with them. But um, (laughs) but anyway, um, and we'll look through uh, and just rotate through four different lenses to look into your top ten movies, uh, character, desire, uh, antagonism and change and those are kind of the fundamentals of story um and all right stop uh, we'll right there asking, stop right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are some yeah. words that are going to be new to some people so take gotcha. us through those four and we'll come back to the process yeah so you mean the four lenses that we looked yeah at? yeah yeah sorry um yeah no uh so character is like you know um, we'll be asking like which character do you identify with most or resonate with most or you know like the most in your top 10 and and in that session, we'll explore that, and we'll watch uh, a trailer to see what it looks like. And um, sometimes we'll get to watch clips to see what it looks like. Um, but ultimately, uh, we'll explore it uh, visually as well as, you know, we'll be asking questions. We'll just draw out, you know, uh, the your top ten movies. You know, like, what what is the character, and how does that relate to other characters in your top ten? We always keep our participants, like, in the movies whenever – have them thinking about themselves or anything like that. It's just mainly have fun with your movies. And so then the next lens is, lens is desire. So that's, you know, what uh, we'll ask the questions specifically around desire, explore that lens. And, you know, that's foundational to a story is what does the character want? Why are we watching the movie? You know, what do we hope that they want? What does the audience, you know, uh, cheer for? Um, and what makes it satisfying in the end? Um, and then they'll rotate to another session around, uh, you know, every story needs a conflict or a bad guy. And so we'll look at the concept of antagonism and what's coming against the character. Um, and again, we're looking at it through the lenses of your top ten movies. Um, and then uh, and then ultimately we'll look at what makes us enjoy a movie, which is the idea of characters changing and transforming and becoming something else, you know, or, uh, you know, that story being redemptive and so uh, we'll explore how the character changes and what how what truth they needed to hear to, to change and and so it just becomes a process of taking these story lenses that are very inherent in a good story and just exploring your top 10 through that and the thing that I love is that people start seeing the threads immediately they start going oh my gosh that's also in Shawshank and that's also in Rocky and that's also you know like just seeing the, their eyes light up and the surprise of going, how in the world did, you know, that same thing show up in like five other movies on my top ten too, you know? Um, and so uh, at the end, we, we finally kind of transfer. We do a transfer to the person themselves and say, okay, uh, believe it or not, as we've gone through this, you've just told us your story and uh, you told us who you are, like what's your heroic traits, what you want, What's your desire? Uh, what comes against you? And ultimately, what's the truth that uh, you need to hear you know, in order to move forward? Um, what we love is that moment where people get to present to each other their story and um, uh, that they see in their movies uh, that relates to their story and giving them the opportunity to explain how it's connected to their story. And I could tell you like story after story after story because it happens every week of just like, incredible insights and incredible like blocks and people's that are blocking people's workflow at at their work. And it all comes from like 
Dumb and Dumber or, or Anchorman or Finding Nemo or something, you know, where you're like, how did that huge insight that has been blocking this person at work, you know, come from Anchorman? Growing a company is hard. Continuing to grow is even harder, especially for small companies. As marketing has become more complex, there's more to know, do, and measure with the same marketing dollars. Syrup is a brand and digital marketing agency exclusively for small companies. Their unique model gives you focus, confidence, and growth by prioritizing the right things and executing proven processes that drive revenue build maturity, and increase customer lifetime value. This approach allows Syrup to guarantee the most effective use of your marketing capital. Whether it's crafting the right message or your audience, representing yourself visually, building world-class websites, or navigating the complexities of marketing, they exist to give you an edge. Visit their website at syrupmarketing.com. That's syrupmarketing.com. Brian, the first time I was with you and got to experience this, I was with a group of friends, not business yeah. associates. And I mean, there were tears and it felt, yeah. it felt one, yeah. like the most worthwhile therapy session I'd ever had. But second, it's kind <laughs> of exposing in that same way. Do you, do you run into yeah. the place where it's just um, too vulnerable for people in that workplace yeah. setting? It's a great question, and we're really sensitive to that. Um, so what we do is we kind of make sure that the knob, the control knob, you know, uh, is in the person's hand. So, like, for instance, um, I'll give you an example where uh, I remember we had a, a Chick-fil-A team early on that came, and um, they've come back seven times since. Um, and, the, and the team leader just brings back, as soon as they have a new employee or, you know, a new team uh, member, they just come back again. And um, And I remember the thing that, that tipped them over. They were a new team just starting and um, the guy got up to present. And one of the things that's really kind of vulnerable uh, that comes out of, you know, the antagonism is asking the question, like what lie would destroy your character, you know? And, um, and so you're articulating this lie uh, that would destroy the character. And his lie was something like, you'll never get back up on the horse. You know, you, you are not, the quote maverick you were before um and you'll never be again and you'll just never recover from this well um that was from top gun you know like and it makes total sense if you think of top gun that's kind of the lie that would destroy maverick is you know he, he accidentally kills goose and He'll never get back up in the air, uh, in the air flying again. He's not going to be the maverick he was before. You know, his past will always define him. And so, you know, we're at that place in the presentation, and I just kind of go, "Hey, you know, is this related to anything?" He, he, first of all, he put we give everybody a dot, and he self-selected that frame, that that uh, particular, you know, frame in the storyboard around the lie as the thing that hit him the strongest. And so he self-selected that, and then I asked him, you know, was well, this connected in any way to you? You know, like, how is this connected? And he, he said, well, you know, um, I've lived kind of a perfect life, never had any bumps in the road. And then all of a sudden I woke up and my wife said, I want a divorce. And he said, it just like threw me. And he said, for the last two years, it's really affected my life. And 
he says, I, and I just got to tell you, it's affected my work too. I feel like I can't really get back up on the horse again. Mm. And I feel like this is defining me uh, as I move forward. Well, he had all control over whether he wanted to say anything about that. Um, but because he said that, his team just immediately um, opened up the vulnerability, you know, um, uh, with each other and be, and became more authentic with each other. And it just became this wonderful moment in time where the team just glued, uh, you know, immediately. And so that's the reason they can't have come back seven times is because they long for that ability to kind of have that authenticity and get to know each other so quickly. You know? So take us through sort of um, coming back to, to process um, a executive leadership team reaches out to you. They want to uh, have that real experience. Kind of paint that picture for us for, for an executive team of a, of an entrepreneurial business. What does that day look like? Yeah. So uh, beyond storyboard, which is the, the day that I, I just described, that was a half day. So you would, come in we do an icebreaker uh which is really fun around your top 10 we have a vr game that we do where uh, it's kind of like you have to describe your movies that you see in your vr uh, goggles to your team members and they have to find the posters up on the wall and but you can't use certain you know you can't say the title and uh, um you know character names and actors names and such and so it's just really a fun icebreaker and then with storyboard the half day experience is pretty much Mm -hmm. what i just described which is walking through those four lenses and then a a, um, a, a presentation at the end where everybody presents their storyboard. But I would say one thing I left out that's kind of key to all this is, um, I, and I think it adds the most value to a team leader, is I do a pre-brief with the team leader where they give me a, the goals for every single one of their team uh, members. So development goals that they have. Um, I capture all that. And then we go through the experience. And then after the experience, I tie all their insights from their storyboard to those goals. And then I give them a post brief where I do movie coaching, <laughs> where I actually say, okay, did you notice this, you know, happen uh, in, you know, with the storyboard and you're looking for him to be more, I'll give you an example. Um, so this is a little bit clearer. Uh, I'll give you the anchorman example. So I had a, a team leader. Uh, she was like, I've got this. I've got this guy who's very senior on our team. He is, um, he just does not want to step up as a mentor, you know, and he uh, has all this experience to be able to give as far as the company. And we've got a team of younger uh, folks, but he just, I don't, he's just blocked. He just won't, you know, step up. Well, um, it turns out that just to make a long story short, that uh, that's her goal for him, uh, you know, that she wanted. It turns out his lie, uh, so the same frame of, you know, the antagonism was that you're, uh, you're an embarrassment, um, you are just a laughing stock, you're kind of a relic of the past, and uh, you're, um, you know, the, the times are leaving you. Well, that was from Anchorman um, and Ron Burgundy. And <laughs> so uh, Ron Burgundy ha- actually helped this guy get unstuck because he actually had in that experience, uh, through, the, through the real experience, he had the ability to come back to his team leader the next day and say, that was really profound for me. Like, I really feel like, and he, and he told his team this, actually, in front of them in the presentation. He said, I feel like I'm the old guy in this. Like, all you guys are millennials, you're young, and 
I just feel like I'm useless. I'm the embarrassment on this team. Like I just, you know, and that was what was blocking him. Hmm. It was that lie that he was just, you know, an old guy in amongst a bunch of young kids. And he felt like anchor Ron Burgundy at the low point. So, so anyway, the bottom line is we were able to do a post brief on that and really walk through um, how she could coach him using Ron Burgundy and his other right, film, right. you know, as to how to get over that. So um, that's a part of the experience. Um, and then we have full day experiences where we uh, have different experiences like um, deep dives into to change. I know there's no company out there who is dealing with change. Um, and uh, we look at change and, and kind of go into a deep dive into how people deal with change, what they're fighting for, um, and we look at through it in their top 10 movies. Um, mm. And then we have a, a one day experience around uh, conflict, looking at uh, what triggers people to conflict, what they're fighting for. Um, and then we have a full day around supporting cast, like how people want to be supported, what shuts them down. Um, and so that one's a really good as far as collaboration. Um, but, uh, but yeah, each one is different. Uh, I, I would say everyone has the same thing in common, which is, uh, people bringing their top 10 movies individually and us exploring visually uh, a way to articulate what's in their heart, you know, what's in their mind and their heart. So how are they dealing with, you know, this change that the corporation just, uh, you know, gave. And, and then we have large group experiences. So we do, we just got through doing a um, diversity and inclusion experience, if you can believe that was for Pepsi-Cola's mosaic group, um, people of color. And, um, uh, you know, we can do anywhere from, you know, 20 to 200 or thousands, uh, uh, but we do events where we, um, you know, explore the culture of the company, too, through the top 10 of their top 10. Hmm. Um, and um, so it's just a it's just been, as you can tell, I, I love it because it's, it's been like a little, you know, surprise box in my life that I've gone, oh, my gosh, this is everything I've been trying to yeah. do with my career. It's just like popping out of this box and and being able to really touch people in a an important uh, way, you know, that really brings them to life is is at the core of why I do what I do. You know? so. Yeah, you're like the word savant comes to mind. You're just a savant at being able to break through even that idea of our biggest lie, right? And mm-hmm. if we all knew our biggest lie mm-hmm. and could come face to face with it and try and overcome that, the the breakthrough that's on the other side of that. Uh, as much as I would love to sit in here forever, I'm going to shift gears on us a little bit because, Brian, I've been in um, I've been in brand for 15, 20 years and brand mm. is story. And yep, you exactly. um, helped me frame uh, how we uh, a, a way to think about our company's story, moving from the individuals to us. We have these companies and companies are always tell, mm-hmm. trying to tell our story. And there's a lot of different frameworks and ideas out there. But um, you helped me see it in a very special way that I've never forgot. And it was all about Tommy Boy. So I don't know if you can remember that. But can you take us <laughs> yeah. through that? And for the entrepreneurs that are listening, um, I, I'm going to place bets that they've all seen Tommy boy. So this can be a relatable conversation, but <laughs> how can Tommy boy help us think about our companies? Yeah. So, um, I think there was a lot, there's a lot of methods out there around story and, and how to help it, you know, as far as your brand and marketing and, um, 
you know, one of the things that I think was really popular, has been popular, is this idea of, you know, using uh, that kind of narrative structure, that's the typical hero's journey uh, as part of, you know, your branding. Um, and what I mean by that is the idea that, you know, sort of like Lord of the Rings, where, um, you know, there's a hero and uh, he has a problem and uh, then there's Gandalf or Dumbledore or, you know, these, these kind of mentor figures and they help, you know, give them the elixir that ultimately... Uh, you know, solves their problems and helps them, you know, capture the princess and defeat the dragon. And so let's put all that narrative kind of typical hero's journey into your branding and into your telling your story or telling the, the company story you're trying to help brand. Um, and I think what was really good about that philosophy was getting the mindset of a entrepreneur or a person trying to tell their story or their company story into the mindset of seeing the customer as the hero, seeing, uh, for instance, you know, that their customer is Frodo and that uh, they are, you know, Gandalf. So Yeah, there's, there's definitely, I always found it challenging to use the guide hero methodology because it's really hard to position yourself as the guide without making yourself the hero of the hero, uh, which makes exactly, you the hero. So exactly. it was always this tension and, um, the the we mentality made a lot more sense. It's like, hey, you have this, we have this. If we put them together, magic. Um, so that that yeah. was helpful in creating those narratives for companies and helped me get a breakthrough where that that hero thing just was not as helpful. Um, you've mentioned the word culture a few times, and I know one of your pet projects is every year you look at. Uh, our society through the lens of what we are nominating for the Oscars. So yeah, we're in that season right now. Can you tell us about our future as a society? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know this is going to sound a little dramatic, so feel free. I mean, please tell me if I, if I'm sounding like I'm reading tea leaves or something like that, which I don't want to. I, so if you think about it, I, people give me their top 10 movie list all the time and I have to look at it. Right. Yeah see what I see. And so if you think of the Oscar nominees as that top 10 list, then, you know, I'm looking at it going, well, what do I see here? And the thing that makes it important, and this is why, you know, most people think the Oscars are so irrelevant, like, you know, who cares? Or they think it's a big party for people, you know, to wear nice gowns and, you know, uh, slap each other on the back. And for me, what's underneath it all is if we could stop and look at it and go, these are the best artist of our time, right? Like, these are the best. And they're, they, these stories that have bubbled up to be the Oscar nominees, whether they, they think it or not, and by the way, they don't even know this. <laughs> you know, like, you, when you create a movie, it, it took me eight years to make my movie. It takes usually about three, two to three years to get something up on its legs and, and out into the world from a studio perspective. So there's no way that these movies are you know, like there's a Hollywood executive going, I've got an agenda here. You know, we're going to do this much less it getting nominated. You know, there's such a, you know, it's just a very fickle way in which they get nominated in the first place. So there's just an, an element of provenance that all these movies come together as almost like a cultural canon. And, um, and if you think about it, the Oscars are the only thing that do not uh, serve commerce. 
so, you know, like most people don't see the Oscars, you know, because they're not made, they're made as pet projects by these studios or by, uh, you know, actors, um, and they're done for art purposes. So what could be more prophetic than that, you know, as far as where we are, where we're headed? So I'm going to tell you this, and you're, it's going to be hard to believe, but when I started uh, looking at the Oscars, um, uh, it, the Oscars were predicting Donald Trump being elected. I saw the Oscars predict Charlottesville, the Charlottesville riot. I saw the Oscars predict Me Too. I saw the Oscars, and I wouldn't say predict, I'd say foreshadow maybe. Um, I saw the Oscars foreshadow like the blue wave of women in Congress, you know. And, um, and uh, it's all because I do believe that the Oscars are kind of that thing that, you know, is a little bit ahead of society. And then the box office kind of comes behind it and replicates it. So to give you guys, you're the first people to hear this, <laughs> the sneak peek is there is something about uh, the concept of devotion slash loyalty being tested uh, in all of the Oscar nominees that I can see that will probably be nominated this year. The main theme from the Irishman to Once Upon a Time, at, uh, upon a time in Hollywood to, you know, um, Parasite, you know, all these movies is this idea of devotion or loyalty being tested. And um, when you think of an election year, when you think of what we've seen as far as uh, even the impeachment and stuff like that, and so I can already see it kind of in front of us, but usually I'm surprised about how it, it plays out in, in a completely different way than I even thought to. So, I can't uh, imagine what it would feel like to have a theme for what's going to happen in the future, but not know how it's going to play out. That must haunt you a little every year. That's, that's kind of fun. Brian, uh, I wish everybody that's listening to this could bring their senior leadership team and, and maybe they can. Um, but how do they find you? <laughs> let's, let's try. Let's yeah. I, I really, man. I mean, can you imagine the breakthrough that would happen? Uh, how can they find you? What's the best way to, to take a first step? Yeah, so I would say our website is probably the best place to start just to, for people to see a little bit more of the companies we've served and so forth and testimonials um, we have up there so that uh, they can get an idea of how to communicate this to the decision makers. So that's real, R-E-E-L, experiences.com. And, um, you know, we're on social media and stuff like that. But probably the web best website is the best place just to kind of start with to, to uh, you know, be able to uh, – communicate this well to you know whoever you have to get to decide or if you're the decision maker be able to communicate to your team uh, what you want to do um but we would love to do the, have you do that and you can email me directly to which is brian b-r-y-n-c uh as in coley c uh at real experiences.com and we'll make sure to get all that in the show notes um so brian i'm going to Kind of put you on the spot here a little bit. Um, for our entrepreneurial listeners out there, small to medium-sized companies with leadership teams, what what would be your one piece of advice for them? Wow. I don't want to be Brene Brown here, but I would say that what I see as um, a way to get your team to be productive, to really be able to you know have your team um, and have your company succeed is this issue of, of allowing people to be seen in some way. We, we live in a very disconnected world right now in which everything triggers everybody. And so we go into work and we 
can use work as a place of refuge to say, well, at least I don't have to get to know people here. I'll just do my job. Mm. And yet I think that that's what's causing companies to suffer just like our society is suffering because of the same problems. But I'm telling you, it's the key to every single thing that you want as far as engagement and productivity comes back to this, this one key idea of people feeling seen. Very nice. And known. Yeah. That's a great challenge for everybody listening today. Go back into the workplace, go home, look people in the eye, let them feel seen, ask them questions and pulls out their story. Brian, um, I'm always inspired hanging out with you. So I hope some other people got to share that today. Tractionville, if that was you, share your story, uh, share this podcast with somebody else. Let us know how it impacted you. And we'll see you back next week for Tractionville Tuesday.